Welcome to the Bible in History. I'm Jeff Johnson, and with me, of course, today is my mother, Rebecca Johnson. And today we're going to be talking about a very uh, enjoyable yeah. and in yeah. interesting and unique subject, <clears throat> and that is Atlantis. Uh, we're going to be <laughs> going through and seeing the validity that we believe is Atlantis and the story behind that. <clears throat> And then we're also going to be talking about a very much lesser known. Um, yeah, unless you're from India, you might not know about yeah. this next thing. Dwarka is a very interesting civilization. Mm -hmm. We'll be talking about this, uh, both of which we believe are pre-flood civilizations. And we'll get into this in a bit. Right. I'm going to begin reading Genesis 6, 5 through 6. Um, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And they repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Okay, so this is um, one of the really fun ones. Now let me preface this by saying, um, okay, I'm not going to stake my salvation on any of this. Right. Um, and if you do not agree with me, that is totally okay. The question we have presented here today is, are there any other possible outside sources to describe mm -hmm. to us the pre-flood world right we've gone through and we've looked at the bible and right. we've worked through the bible but when you look at at the pre-flood world it's two thousand years right that's and a the, long yeah. history <laughs> and 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 if you look at any two thousand year you know piece in any history there are a lot of changes, and, and a lot of times right. we as Christians kind of take those 2,000 years and we're like, it's a stagnant period of time exactly. where they're just, you know, farmers, <sighs> herders. Free and human, doing nothing. And we've yeah. already talked about, you know, we had Jabel, Jubal, and Tublacane, mm -hmm. and all the advancements in music, farming, um, industry, agriculture. And um, so we've talked about this, you know, silversmithing, yeah. brass works, iron works. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what... Could it have been like? Well, we're going to start with Plato's Athens and Atlantis, okay? Mm -hmm. um, Atlantis, the mysterious lost city. Woo! People are still searching for Atlantis today. Uh, the History Channel dumps way too much money in aliens <laughs> and, and the lost search for Atlantis. Um, I don't think we're ever going to find it, and this is why. Okay, Plato wrote about Atlantis in his writings, Christus, and I probably just said that wrong. There's some <laughs> professor out there like, oh my word, get over yourself. Um, anyway, the work by Plato was written in 368 uh, BC, I'm sorry, 360 BC before right. Christ. And remember we use BC rather than BCE because we're Christian. And Ignatius Donnelly gives, gave some insight into the writings of Plato in his book, Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. So, <clears throat> Plato lived 400 years before Christ. He had an ancestor named Solon who um, lived 600 years right. before Christ, okay? Solon visited Egypt, okay? And he would go to one of the wise men of Sais. Now, let us keep in mind that Egypt was home to the Alexandrian Library, mm -hmm. one of the largest sources of information in, in the ancient world. Right. It was a huge library. Was, Sadly, was, we have lost this library that grieves me to my core yes. that the, the 
Library of <laughs> Alexandria burned and we lost all of this knowledge. It was basically the ancient version <laughs> of, of uh, oh shoot, I just forgot. The in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I forgot the and name of the library. And now that you said it, you're going to make me forget it. Um, anyway. The Library, library of, Congress. of Congress. That's the one. Uh, the Library of Congress. So massive amounts of knowledge that they had at the time. Uh, and I can't believe I just <laughs> forgot the name of that. See, that's what happens sometimes. Anyways. Well, anyway, so he went and he spoke with one of the masters. Right of the Alexandrian Library. And Solon is the one that shares with Plato this information. They start discussing Athens and Egypt, and in particular, Atlantis. So, I want to read from you a little bit from Christus just a little bit of what was said. I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you want to read it, get the book. So here we go. Then listen, Socrates. Now we know Socrates and we know Pluto. Okay. Solon is telling Socrates mm -hmm. about this to a strange tale, which is, however, certainly true as Solon, who was the wisest of the seven sages, declared. He was a relative and a great friend. I'm sorry, I said I meant Plato talking to Socrates, not Solon. Solon wasn't talking to Socrates. Someone's going to correct me on that. I know. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so then they go on. All right. My grandfather, who remembered, told us that there were of old great and traveler actions of the Athenians, which have passed into oblivion through time and destruction of the human race. Pay attention to that phrase. Okay. So they go on with this story. Okay. I will tell of an old world story which I heard from an aged man for Christus was as we said at the time nearly 90 years of age and I was about 10 years of age now the day was that the day of apaturia which is called the registration of youth okay and so they gave great recitation he explains about the party and they go on to tell a big story here's what I want to get to on one occasion when he was drawing them on to speak of antiquity, he began to tell about the most ancient things in our part of the world. Now, this goes back to what I said about there not being a Pangea. Right. That it was very similar to what we see today, just more landmass, open and occupied, so every continent was connected. In a Pangea, yes, but not the way they describe it, no. All right. In our part of the world, about Phanorius, who is called the first. And about Niobe and after the deluge as for those genealogies of yours which you have recounted to us solon they are no better than the tales of children for there was a time solon before that great deluge of all we've talked about the deluge niobe does that not sound very similar to noah mm -hmm. yes it does that great deluge of all when the city which is now athens was first in war and was preeminent for the excellence of her laws and is said to have performed the noblest deeds and to have had the fairest constitution of any which tradition tells under the face of heaven. In those days, the Atlantic was navigable and there was an island situated in front of the states 
which you call the Columns of Hercules. Well, if you know anything about Greek history, the Columns of Hercules is the Straits of Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. So there is an indication here that between the Straits of Gibraltar, there was an island. So guess what? Atlantis can't be in the Caribbean, guys. History Channel, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong side of the earth. The island was larger than Libya and Asia put together and was the way to the other islands. And from the islands, you might pass through the whole opposite continent, which is surrounded the true ocean. Okay, so they already knew about other continents. Yeah. It goes on to describe the greatness of Atlantis. Solon, your country, shone forth in the excellency of her virtue and strength among all mankind, for she was first in courage and military skill. So we are talking about warlike nations and was the leader of the Hellenes. And when the rest fell off from her, being compelled to stand alone after having undergone the very extremity of danger, she defeated and triumphed over the invaders. So we have clear signs of war. Yes. And preserved from slavery those who were not yet subjugated. So we have slavery. And freely liberated all the others who dwelt within the limits of Hercules. But afterward there occurred violent earthquakes and floods in a single day and night of rain. All your warlike men in body sunk into the earth and the island of Atlantis in like manner disappeared and was sunk beneath the sea. Now we know from the beginning of this account, this happened before the Great Deluge of all. We're gonna be talking about the flood coming up here and we're yes. gonna talk about the massive destruction that mm -hmm. was going on. I think we don't quite understand that. Yeah, there was a lot more to that. So when you tie in the fact that he very clearly stated this happened before the flood and you tie in the fact then, but afterward there occurred violent earthquakes and floods and, and in, in a, a single, single day, day it everything was gone. gone. So, personal opinion, again, not, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I'm just going to say, I think, number one, you're never going to find Atlantis because I think it was a pre-flood world mm -hmm. item and God wiped that world completely yeah. off our map. Yeah, it's everything gone. from that, that time is, is gone. So, you're not going to find it. So, don't waste your money if you're an explorer. Think of something else, but not that one. Um, and move on. Save your money. Um, so it's very interesting that they're talking about a pre-flood world. Yes. So I feel like Atlantis was probably a real place. Mm -hmm. I think we've probably jacked it up a little bit more. Maybe a little Disney bit. Disney fight it. Yeah. Disney never gets history right. Sorry, there it is. Um, they screw up history more than anyone I know. Um, so it's not Disney-fied, but it was very advanced. Mm -hmm. And we know already, if you're reading that, you're looking at war, you're looking at slavery, you're looking at... Not very happy times. Okay, so let's see what what does Genesis six thirteen tell us? Genesis six thirteen, and God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Okay, so we've talked about Atlantis, and mm -hmm. now I want to talk about Dwarka, the kingdom of Krishna. But I need to preface this: there are sadly about a billion people in India, and many, many of them believe Krishna is a god. Right. Okay, Krishna was not a god. I do believe Krishna was a real person, mm -hmm. but he was not a god. He was human like the rest of us. He's dead like we will be someday, and he had no power. 
Um, the and I know I don't say this correctly. The Mahabur, Mahabharata. I know I'm not saying that right. And all the Indians out there are gonna be like, "What?" Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> we don't speak any of those. Languages. I see it more as the Iliad and the Odyssey, which helped us discover Troy. Right. Um, it has truth mixed with fiction. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a growing group of people who still today believe with all their heart that Krishna is a god, and they are blinded by their idolatry, um, and we're going to talk about that. Despite this, I do think while there is a lot of sci-fi feel to this, I think Krishna was a real person, and I think a lot of this was a true thing, mm -hmm. but like much of epic literature, it's Some been romanticized and blown out blown. of proportion. I do want to say that. So, and I also understand that there is something they call Dwarka that you can go see today. It is underwater. I think that would be a rename after the flood. Right. I need to preface that because you have a couple of things going on here. But I do want to talk about Dwarka and the Mahabharata. I know I said that wrong. Sorry to all you dear Indian people that I am slaughtering the name of this book. <laughs> but that's, as an American, that's how it comes out, okay? <laughs> okay, it speaks in one of the many books. This is a very large, it has multiple volumes. Mm -hmm. It's a very difficult read, but it does speak about a kingdom of violence and warfare. Mm -hmm. Krishna, okay, who is the leader, and Gurkha go to battle. These two, I believe, were real kings. Mm -hmm. There is a very distinct lineage line in this book, which is very rare outside of Tolkien. I know it can happen, but <laughs> it is rare to have such a distinct line. And there's something else that I want to pull out here in a minute. Um, <clears throat> they go to battle. One is away at a wedding. There is a huge battle that ensues because the other one knows that one is gone. Right. And what we're coming to is nuclear-powered weapons and an aircraft and a lot of hate. Okay. Um, yes, we understand that for some people, we're going to say, oh, well, this is fictional, but we said that about the Iliad and the Odyssey, and lo and behold, Troy was a real place. Yeah. So we can have fiction mixed with truth. Historical fiction is mm -hmm. truth mixed with fiction yeah. to create the storyline. And I do believe that's what's happened here. But we know the Bible says that it was filled with violence. Well, the Gurkha came in f flying a powerful and swift Vimana which is a fast aircraft that hurled, and I want you to listen to this description, and I want you to think about atomic warfare, mm -hmm. okay? Hurled a single projectile, we could call that a rocket, charged with the power of the universe. Does that not sound like a nuclear device? And get this, an incandescent column of smoke and flame as bright as 10,000 suns rose with all its splendor. It was an unknown weapon an iron thunderbolt, a gigantic messenger of death, which reduced to ashes the entire race of the Vrishnis and the Andakas. The corpuses were so burned as to be unrecognizable. Hair and nails fell out. Pottery broke without apparent cause. The birds turned white. After a few hours, all foodstuffs were infected. To escape from this fire, the soldiers threw themselves in streams and washed themselves in their equipment. All right, who's the man that created the atomic bomb. So uh, Robert Oppen Oppen Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer created right. the atomic bomb during the Second uh, World, World War. War. He created the, the theories and whatnot. And he based it on the Mahabharata. 
So that shows us, and this is exactly what happened in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, we dropped it on Hiroshima. And it turned to ash yep. in Nagasaki, and they turned to ash. The people turned to ash. Yeah. Birds actually did turn white. Um, all, all of the descriptions that, that she just read off are exactly what happened uh, during the two atomic bombs in Japan during the Second World War. So we have atomic warfare going on mm-hmm. before the flood. <coughs> um, another thing that was written in this about this particular battle. Dense arrows of flame like a great shower issued forth upon creation, encompassing the enemy. A thick gloom swiftly settled upon the Pendaven hosts. All points of the compass were lost in darkness. Fierce wind began to blow clouds toward upward, showering dust and gravel. Now, if you've ever seen an Apache helicopter firing, that is almost the exact description of an yeah. Apache helicopter. So we think of the pre-flood world as very primitive. primitive. And yet, I believe it was extremely advanced and more advanced than we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gregorian calendar vouches for the Krukush, oh, Kruk, Kuruk Kurukshetra Kurukshetra War. <laughs> Try that one. As we having taken almost place, definitely botched that. Yes, word. sorry about that. Again, <laughs> per the calendar, the event occurred around 3102 BC, which would place it before the flood. Mm-hmm. And if you read more into the Writings, Dwarka, like Atlantis, is lost in warfare and destruction, but lost to the sea in a matter of one day. Yeah. In one day, Dwarka disappeared beneath the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and just, like I said again, I can't base my whole Christianity on this, but I can tell you that these two things are more than likely an indicator of the pre-flood world. Um, God's really clear about how he feels. Read very quickly Exodus 23. Right. Exodus 20 verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Yeah. And so when the Bible says it was evil continually, we had all this warfare. Mm -hmm. We had hate. We had slavery. We had power hungry. And more importantly, we had people who said they were gods. Krishna has definitely enlisted himself as a god. We know the Greeks we're constantly calling themselves gods before yeah. and after the flood. God has a problem with that, and he will stop mm-hmm. this. And so this is what the pre-flood world was like. We have to pay attention. We need to yep. learn from this. And I know we're advanced, running out of time. but, but It was a very advanced world, <laughs> but also a very sinful world. And we take that, and we don't comprehend how wicked the world was that God destroyed everything, everybody. There were no Christians except Noah. Right, which so we're going to talk we, about. Yeah, we, got, we have to remember that. And I think the, the big thing that we need to take away from this is God um, will punish those who, who are wicked and whatnot. And, and he saves those who follow who him. Follow him. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be a very comforting thing yes, for us Christians. absolutely. But it should also be an incentive to try to help others come to Christ. Exactly. Because we, we saw the flood, we've seen that, and God's prophesied, and, and we know that's true, what's going to happen to those who are lost and dying mm-hmm. and going to hell. Yeah. And it should uh, encourage us to, to try to get people saved mm-hmm. and, and get them on you know, that, that, the ark, if you will. Yes. So. So, um, yeah, so next time we're going to talk more in detail about Noah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and like I said, these, these little tidbits, they're fun, they're interesting. I can't like definitively prove this biblically. You should know right. that by now, but this is an yeah. opinion. But do share the gospel with others, save them. And we're going to talk about Noah and what he did. Mm -hmm. so. so join us next week. We'll be talking about that. And uh, if you have any questions about any of this stuff, I know this particular week we kind of had to run through that. There yes. might be a lot more <laughs> yes. that we could talk about there. Uh, feel free to email us at thebibleinhistory at gmail.com. And we'd love to try to answer those questions for us. Uh, join us next week. We'd love to see you there. If you enjoyed today's video, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and Google Podcasts.